It's time to roll up our sleeves and get to work. This is Up and to the Right, Episode 1 for 2017. We all need help. It's true. Whether it's seasonal sales cycles, end-of-the-year accounting, or a full-time staff position, there's always more to do than hours in the day. How do you decide what help you need? How do you prioritize getting it? And finally, who are you going to call? In this episode, our focus will be on outsourcing work without adding a permanent position at your company. Welcome to Up and to the Right, the no-nonsense podcast bringing you the art and science of business. No buzzwords and no hyped-up trends. Here we bridge the gap between your small business passion and sound business principles to transform your business into what you dreamt it would be when you started or realize the potential you see in it today. This episode of Up and to the Right is brought to you by Audible, and they're offering our listeners a free 30-day trial along with a free audiobook of your choice just by going to audibletrial.com forward slash up and to the right. Okay, so the news for 2017, uh, we just have a, a quick, I just have a quick note. I'm going to change the numbering scheme for the podcast a little bit. Um, last year, I tried to associate the podcast uh, episodes with the week of the year, um, and that seemed uh, a little bit cumbersome and, quite frankly, sort of pointless. So uh, this year for 2017, we're simply going to go episode one, two, three, four, and they may or may not uh, coincide with the week of the year. In fact, it's very unlikely that they will because I'm already, uh, I think we're in week two now, and I'm only on episode one. So that's how that's going to work. We're, we'll uh, see if there's any any need to change that at any point, but uh, at this point, that's how we're going to number the podcast episodes. So in the early 2000s, I was working with, on an, an astronomy setup, uh, excuse me, an astronomy startup, and we needed a website. And I toyed with Front Page and Dreamweaver, and I, I could put together a, a, a simple website or a, a page, or I could do some edits, but genuine HTML coding was still out of my skill level. And for those of you who, who remember what that was like uh, back in the uh, early 2000s, there was no content management systems weren't as popular. So the WordPresses and, and uh, Joomla's and Squarespace and stuff like that were, were simply not as available or even remotely available as far as I can remember, to be, to be frank. Um, so you had to code a website using HTML, and there were some graphical editors, like uh, Front Page had graphical graphical attributes to it, and so did Dreamweaver. Uh, but a lot of the background work was literally HTML code. And so that was beyond my skill level. And I did so I did some due diligence, or and as much as I knew how to, and found a company uh, and and engaged with them to, uh, develop a website. And I, I feel like I articulated what we needed, but the vendor had their own agenda and their, the things that they wanted to do. And of course, um, being very excited about the new, um, uh, the new profession of web design, they wanted, uh, very complex, uh, uh, web interface and, uh, we were looking for something much more simple and they kept pulling into this um, or they kept going. Every time we'd give them feedback, they would go back to this more complicated thing. We'd say, no, we want to simplify it. No. And then they would come back with something that was uh, reflected a little bit of what we had asked for, but really it kept going back to something more complex, more complex. 
And finally, uh, at, we got to the point where where we were too frustrated. We had spent way too much money on a site that was never going to go live uh, at the way that they were designing it. Um, we ended up firing the the, the vendor and uh, we backed off the design to what we could do in-house and had to do it in-house anyway. And I share this story because I think it's important that people understand uh, how this can go wrong. And, um, and what happens is if you don't articulate your needs and you don't uh, stand up for what you want hard enough, fast enough, you can end up going down a road where you spend too much money on a resource and not getting the result you want. And so what could we have done differently? We could have just simply stopped when they said, we're, you know, we, we want to do this more complex thing. Um, I could have firmly said no. Um, why I didn't, I didn't feel confident enough in my understanding of the technology to um, be forceful about, about it. And you, to be honest, you don't have to do that. You don't have to be uh, super confident in the technology that you're engaging someone with, if you don't feel like you have a trusting relationship with them such that they are being honest with you about what can be done and what can't, uh, I would find another vendor, okay? Uh, work with somebody who you do trust. So that was kind of my example of how not to to uh, outsource something. In uh, 2015, when I started Beyond 50%, uh, I needed a lawyer to put together all of the uh, legal documents that uh, that I needed, contracts, terms and conditions, privacy statements, a comments policy, all of that stuff. And uh, uh, there, you could probably put it together on LegalZoom, um, but I would never know if it was right. I'm not an attorney. Um, I don't play one on TV. And I simply would not know if... Uh, what I was putting together was actually going to be valid. And so to to get that put together, I took a different route. I looked into my network of, of friends and, and coworkers and professional business contacts and uh, found someone who I had worked with um, not directly as, uh, as this attorney providing me product, uh, but I had worked with uh, this particular attorney on another project for another company. And so I already knew what they were capable of. I knew uh, them personally and felt really good about working with them. So I contacted him and uh, specified what I needed, uh, gave uh, some specific instructions, uh, basically outline of, of the thoughts that I had prepared uh, prior to our, our meeting, uh, in terms of what's important to me, uh, in the privacy statement, what's important to me in the comments policy. And then of course I want him to add what is going to protect the company legally and what needs to be in those documents from a legal perspective. The result in this case was I got exactly what I needed and I spent exactly what I expected. And that's a huge difference, uh, obviously from my first, uh, example. So what is outsourcing? Uh, first of all, outsourcing is basically getting a an individual or a company outside of your own organization to produce results for your company around a specific task. And um, it gets a bad rap. Uh, 
we 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 hear about outsourcing and you hear about you think about lost jobs empty factories in in this case the united states but whatever country you're working in um poorly treated workers and bad environmental impact controls uh, and things like that 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 uh people think about when it comes to outsourcing but that's that's not what we're talking about here what i'm talking about when we're going to outsource as a small business is we're going to get real people, usually other small business owners, to help us with things that we don't want to do or are not qualified to do or simply don't have time to do ourselves. And it's not a zero-sum game. It's not a, a, a win for you or and, and they lose or a win for them and you lose. Um, like my first example where it was a win for the web, web sourcing company because they got uh, a lot of revenue and never ultimately delivered a product. Uh, but it's a win-win because you're helping another business uh, have revenue and they're providing you with a product that you need uh, in an area where maybe you don't have expertise. So that's that's the essential point about outsourcing in, uh, in for, for a small business. And as small business owners, we simply can't get it all done. Uh, there's There's... First of all, there's a limited amount of time in the day. And second of all, there are disciplines that we may not have uh, expertise in where we're still going to have either an ongoing need for or a short-term need based on a specific situation. For example, uh, you're going to probably always need some kind of accounting support, whether that's an in-house accountant or an accountant that you work with uh, that does part-time work for you as an outsourced, uh, as part of an, uh, an accounting firm or uh, uh, someone who does it part-time, part-time on the side, uh, you're going to need that on an ongoing basis because you're at least quarterly and annually, you're going to have to do uh, specific uh, activities in terms of, of um, reporting, ta- reporting for taxes. And, um, and you definitely want to be looking at your your uh, financial statements regularly. And if you're not preparing those yourself, you need an accountant to do that. And in a short term, you might need a, uh, something like a real estate uh, agent. Uh, maybe you need a new building and you want to find the right fit for you and your company um, as you grow. And you need somebody to help you do that. You're going to need somebody who's an expert in real estate. Or uh, you know, other other potential things where small business owners might not have on hand or on staff professionals would be HR, uh, business operations, marketing or sales, things like that, where they may not be the expertise that that you have as a business owner and the focus of your company. Now, it can be that your company is based on accounting and then you're delivering accounting uh, uh, services to other other companies, in which case you probably don't need an accountant for your uh, an, to outsource accounting for your own firm, but you get the idea. So there are cross disciplines that we may not have expertise in that we need to get help with, or we might just simply not have enough time. So how do we identify what help we need, and then how do you prioritize it, and then how do you know uh, who to go to to get that kind of help? So how do we identify good candidates in, in terms of activities that we are currently doing that maybe we shouldn't be doing, uh, or maybe there are things that 
need to be done in our business that simply aren't getting done because we don't have time or we don't have the, the uh, skill set. So look at what are your core competence? What do you do well? What are your skills? What do you enjoy doing? And then turn that around. What are you not great at? And what kind of things do you have to do that feel like a grind? That you just, you, you dread it. You just don't want to do it. You're putting it off constantly until it absolutely has to get done. And then you stay up until 11 o'clock at night or 2 o'clock in the morning finishing it up uh, because you put it off for so long. The things you are most gifted at and, and enjoy are obviously not the best candidates for outsourcing, at least right away, because you are good at them and you enjoy doing them. Uh, things you are not gifted at, things you uh, don't have great skills in, and th- and you hate doing, are uh, kind of a no-brainer in terms of these are the first things we're going to look at to to outsource. So then we get into kind of a gray area. We get into things that you really enjoy doing, but other people probably could do them better, and things that you don't like to do, but you're really good at. And those kind of things we kind of have to look at and identify how much sense it makes to outsource them. So let's get practical. Uh, If you go to the website, there is a downloadable worksheet that's three pages long. And I'm doing an experiment. I probably should should have put this in the news segment, but um, I did the the actual document in uh, Google Docs, and I've published that link on the show notes page. Uh, so you can actually go to the, to the uh, original document and save it to your own Google Docs library. Uh, it's read-only on my drive, but it, it, you can save it as, as a fully editable document on your own drive. And that will allow you to actually do all of this um, online if you want, in terms of, or uh, digitally if you want. Otherwise, there's a PDF copy that you can download and print and, and uh, just do these activities uh, you know, with pen and paper. Okay, so what we're going to do is is you've downloaded the paper, you've you've uh, printed it, or you've got it on the screen in front of you, uh, and uh, the three sections are uh, activity one, which is or action one, which is the first page, is where does your time go, and uh, then activity two is going to be putting your activities in their place, and activity three is prioritizing your outsourcing. Activity one, where does your time go? In this page, what you really want to do is just go through, there's two columns, and uh, you want to list things in the first column that just where you spend your time, activities where you spend your time. And then in the second column, uh, write down things you need to do to grow your business but really aren't spending much time on. And uh, I would only do a few for a first exercise, maybe five in each column. You can you can do as many as you want, but the more you do, um, uh, the more cumbersome the activity becomes. And and uh, I I like to use the eighty twenty rule when it comes to this. Let's do twenty percent of the you know list twenty percent of the things you do, but list the ones that you do the most, and then list the twenty percent uh, the top twenty percent of the items that you think would grow your business if you actually did them. So uh, try to keep the list short for now. I would focus around on five on each list and uh, just write those things down. And when you're done with that, go to action two. And here you're going to find a four square matrix that is familiar if you've read uh, uh, 
things like Covey and stuff like that, where they've got a four, four, uh, four square matrix for other things. Um, but I like the format. So I've changed it up a little bit. And, uh, in the top row, you've got activities you're good at. And the bottom row, we've rephrased this from activities we aren't good at to activities that others are better at. And then in the first column, you have activities you'd rather not do. So basically things that feel grindy to you. And in the second column, activities you love doing. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take everything from the first list and we're going to try to put it into one of these quadrants. And so for example, in my case, uh, I would put uh, IT. I love technology. So uh, I, I love doing it. So it would definitely be in that second column. Uh, but really, there are people who are much better at it than I am. And it's not my core competence. So it's probably not going to be in the top row. So that's going to be end, end up in the bottom row. Accounting, for me, is going to be, I, I don't want to do it. And there's definitely people that should be doing it, uh, that are much better at it. Uh, so that's going to be in the uh, in, in basically what's quadrant three, um, down in the uh, lower left corner. Uh, and if I go say, okay, I want to do uh, a strategic plan. Okay, well, that I enjoy doing uh, strategic planning and I'm fairly good at it. So I'm going to put that in the upper right quadrant. And so as you can see, you can go through it and you start putting things from your list into the quadrants where they belong. So once you've completed that and you've got all 10 items uh, in, in an appropriate box, uh, let's take a break. You know, uh, you know, it could be 10 minutes, could be an hour, could be come back to it the next day and make sure that that it all looks right to you. Uh, just take a few minutes uh, to get some perspective and then uh, and then go to it. So now that you've got this uh, four square matrix figured out, we're going to prioritize our outsourcing. Outsourcing takes time and energy. It is not there's no magic pill where you say, okay, I'm going to outsource this thing, and all of a sudden you're no longer doing it, and it's getting done in a splendid way and improving your business. Outsourcing takes work on your part um, on the front end, and it takes monitoring on your part throughout its lifetime. Uh, so I would love to tell you that it's a magic bullet to make your, your business better and never have to think about something again, uh, but it's not. Uh, but it is better than the alternative of doing everything yourself or not getting stuff done that needs to get done to improve your business. So we have to find priorities in order to decide what makes the most sense uh, to to start with, uh, do our get our our first project outsourced. So we're going to prioritize what we've got in the boxes and decide what makes the most sense to uh, to outsource first. And it's going to take a little bit of time, and that, and that's okay. We have to understand that. So let's look at quadrant one, which is the upper left-hand quadrant. And these are things that that you are good at, but you don't really like doing. And so the the first idea here is these are probably not your first candidates for outsourcing, because they are something that you're good at. Um, and uh, so you can get them done. You just might not like to do it. 
And there may be some other things we can do. You can look at trying to find ways to make them more efficient. You can you can look at ways to uh, make yourself uh, better enough at them so that uh, they go faster. But the reality is in the long term, you probably don't want to do this forever. So some of the ideas around that is you start documenting instructions. You start thinking about the future. You say, okay, in, in um, let's say in 2017, I'm going to have to do all of this. But in 2018, I want to start looking for a solution. And in order to do that, some, some possibilities might be documented instructions. Some things might be, if it's a mechanical uh, activity, you might need a fixture. Uh, if, it's a, if it's a document or a uh, graphic art type of project, you might need a template. So there are things like that that you could put together. And, and those things might actually make things better for you in the short term, because if you fixture it, or you template it, you're, you're uh, reducing the amount of work it takes to do uh, the, the process the next time, uh, or put together some instructions so that when you go to, to, doc, to talk to a, a vendor or, or someone to outsource it to, you have some specific guidelines that you, need, uh, that you need done, and that helps them get you the result that you want, and it also helps them provide you with a quotation or a good understanding of what they would charge to make that happen. So that's one of the things for Quadrant One. Right now, as a first order of business, probably not the first thing we want to outsource, uh, but something we definitely want to be putting into our plan uh, for outsourcing in the future. So Quadrant Two is the stuff we really like doing, right? And we're good at. And why would we want to get rid of something we're good at and like doing? And so that's definitely not the first place to look for outsourcing opportunities. Quadrant three. Now we get down to things other people are better at, aka things we don't like to do, and things that uh, we're not good at. So this is the perfect opportunity. So quadrant three is the things that we might want to look at as the first priorities for outsourcing. And then quadrant four, which is that lower uh, right-hand corner, is things that we like doing that other people are probably better at. And as much as I would love to tell you to go ahead and keep doing things you enjoy, I would suggest keeping these pretty high on the priority list because they end up being time wasters. Um, and, uh, because if, if, for example, I love technology, we talked about that. I could spend all day looking for, uh, a new customer relationship manager, uh, and, and, or I could, uh, or looking at new ways to use, um, uh, a product, Google docs or office 365 or whatever. And would those things be the best benefit to my business that I could make with that time? And the answer is usually no. And so those are things that I could be looking at saying, okay, I need to find somebody who's an expert and tell them this is what I want. I would like a CRM that does these things and then have them make two or three recommendations and I would choose one and move forward. And that saves me a tremendous amount of time versus all the Google searches and all of the trial accounts that you'd set up to try all of these things out. And I only mention this is because it was something that I have just gone through an exhaustive search on 
And so I have spent a tremendous amount of time, more than I should have, on this specific thing. And so, uh, uh, and and so because I love it, I I delved into it too deeply. And uh, uh, so that's something that I should have put in, in that box. And uh, in the future, things like that are, are things that I would find somebody else to help me with before I would do them myself. And so when we go around the box, the the quadrant three is the one where we need to look at the highest priorities in terms of uh, outsourcing. Now we know which box to start with. How many items do you have in that box? I, I hope not too terribly many, but um, there are going to be some. And are they, what kind of impact do they have on their business? Because it's not just about things that may have, that you might not like doing or that you have skills at. It's how big of an impact does it have on the business when we talk about priority. And so we take those things and we look, list them, try to list them maybe in priority order. You know, how much, how much of an impact will uh, one example have over another uh, in terms of uh, uh, growing your revenue or reducing cost or getting the word out uh, and, and get those things prioritized. And then we can start a project. Now, We've got two blocks that we know we want to get rid. Well, actually, we've got three, right? We've got the activities we're good at but don't want, but don't like to do that we want to get out of the way in the long term. We've got quadrant three, which are things that we're not good at that that we don't want to do that we'd like to get rid of right now. And then we've got that quadrant four spot where we've got activities we really enjoy but probably shouldn't be doing uh, because other people are better qualified. And so we've got to prioritize uh, that block, that first or quadrant three, what I would call the most important block. We've got to prioritize those things, but then we can't lose sight of those other two blocks because if there's something really critical to your business um, that you really need to outsource, you really should be getting rid of, um, that if you've got something in quadrant four, that is a really a big time sink. Let's say um, you want to put together a social man media campaign, but every time you get on the internet and you're looking at social media, you sink two or three hours into, uh, you know, you do some legitimate work and then you watch a whole bunch of cat videos and that's not moving your business forward. Okay. So what that might be a really good candidate to find a way to outsource. And, um, uh, and if you've got something you're really good at, but you don't like doing it, but it has a big impact on your business um, or, um, it, but it takes, or it takes a lot of your time, then you might want to consider outsourcing that one, even though you're good at it. Um, if it takes a lot of your time, get it off your plate so that you can do uh, use that time for a quadrant two activity, something that you really enjoy that you're really good at. Um, and so we, we start to look at, at those priorities. So quadrant uh, three things we're not good at that we don't like to do. We make those, we have a high priority in that block, but we don't lose sight of the other two blocks, quadrant one and four. Uh, and we, we go through and we prioritize the activities and say, what is going to make the biggest impact on my business? Um, not only from getting it done, but also from freeing up my time to do something different. Then you take the first one or two and 
start saying, how can we take action on this? And the other things will come. Uh, but, but let's start with the things that make the most impact. If there's something that can be done in an hour, great, go ahead and outsource it. If, if that's, if that's possible, but if it's not, and most likely it isn't, it's going to take more time than that. Go ahead and take a break, identify one or two things, or take your time, identify one or two things that you want to work on that are going to have the biggest impact on your business or your quality of life. And Let's get those worked on. Okay? So take a little time. Prioritize uh, the activities that you need to outsource. And pick that top one. Just one. And next we'll talk about some options in getting help. So the first thing when we talk about getting help is automation. Now I just said in earlier that we weren't going, that we were talking about handing off uh, work to other small business owners, and for the most part, we are. But there are things that can help you automate processes so that nobody really has to do them. And uh, that's pretty reliable and uh, uh, very inexpensive at the, in the long term. A couple of examples for these are, are things like social media management, like uh, Hootsuite and Buffer are social media management systems. Um, there are other ones, uh, and what you can do there is actually schedule social me social media posts uh, and and uh, uh, activities. Uh, let's say you do all of that on Monday morning. You get down, you sit down with your Hootsuite account, and you start uh, rattling off. Uh, this is what we're going to do for the week, and then Hootsuite will actually schedule it all. Uh, it has an automated scheduler, or you can say, I want this to go out on the third. I want this to go out on the sixth. I want this to go out, you know, whatever. Um, so that's an option. There's, uh, what we call marketing automation. So somebody gets on your, on your mailing list, they fill out a form on your website and, uh, they get a, uh, an email response, uh, saying, thank you for looking at our products. Here's the initial information you were looking for. And then they actually, those systems can follow up. So they can follow up with, you know, in a week and say, Hey, we sent you information last week. Um, what did you think about that? Uh, is there some question we can answer and then provide some contact information or whatever. And there's, there's, uh, numerous, uh, permutations of this, of how people use these marketing automation systems. Um, and you can actually do some marketing automation with a system like MailChimp or Constant Contact where, where you can have what's called a drip feed, which is they get an email uh, when they sign up and then a certain amount of time later, they get a follow-up email, et cetera. And so those are just some ideas on, on what can be done uh, at least to automate a web-based uh, activity. Um, and, um, and those things take a lot of time. I mean, if you're engaged in a, in a social media campaign, you know that going through every single social media site, um, and updating everything can, can be time consuming. So if you can automate that, it can be very handy. What you can't automate, the next step is get referrals. Um, talk to professionals who already have the success that you want in the area that you want it. Um, don't talk to your buddy who is having the same problem you are and ask him what resource he's using and then go use the same resource to get the same results that he's having, which aren't good. Um, you want to get people who 
just uh, talk nonstop about how great their accountant is. You want that guy's accountant. So you get his contact information and, uh, and call that accounting firm and find out. So you talk to people who are getting the success that you want and find out who they use and, and uh, get those referrals. For projects where you have very fi definable results that you want, there are some online options. Now, I will caution, I'll caution you to be very careful about uh, this kind of work because uh, you have very little control over the, the situation. And those are things like Fiverr and Upwork, where there are online resources for people who uh, basically are freelancers uh, to do work. And, you know, they all have rating systems and stuff like that. And I would certainly use those, uh, look for recommendations. But if you have something you need, like a logo or something that's very specific where you can articulate exactly what you want, um, I want a logo and then I want branding stuff for Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus, uh, and uh, uh, Instagram or whatever. Uh, or I want art for a podcast um, cover art. Or uh, I need a jingle for a podcast uh, intro. It needs to be di very definable. And then you can get it through something like that. Um, you do have to be careful about that. So we've gone through, if you can automate it, automate it. If you can't, do some research, uh, do, get a referral from somebody who's getting the good result that you want. Um, you can, for de very definable projects, you can find a, a quick outsource solution like Fiverr or uh, Upwork. And finally, those last ones, well, if you can't find somebody, if you can't automate it, and you can't find somebody who's getting the success you want to give you a referral, and you don't want to use something like Fiverr or Upwork, now you have to do research. And you're going to have to find out what, uh, uh, what what's available and who to trust. And so we start doing that. Most people are going to go to the web, and that would certainly be the first place that I would turn. Um, although I would, once again, tap your... Uh, network and see if there are people who know people and and you can hook up with them on LinkedIn or you can make some phone calls and try to at least get a pool of of potential candidates that way uh, and, and if it's uh, something that you can keep local I would certainly recommend doing that as much as possible for a couple of reasons one I like to keep business local if it's possible just in principle but secondly it's also nice to be able to visit that vendor on a regular basis or meet them for coffee or uh, have lunch and talk about the status of a project or something face-to-face. -face. And there's, I, I know there's Skype and, and Google Hangouts and stuff like that that we can use, um, WebEx uh, or uh, GoToMeeting, et cetera. But uh, there's, there's still no replacement for, uh, you know, sitting across the table from somebody and, and having a discussion. So visit the vendor if, if it's appropriate and, and get to know them. Interview more than one. Talk to more than one person uh, or company and find out what's available to you and what kind of results they have, um, what kind of demos they can show you, what is the work they've done in the past, um, references that they can provide. And then uh, once you've chosen somebody, you have to stay in the loop. This is, and, and outsourcing is not something that you can step away from once it's done or once it's started. 
uh, it's kind of a something that's never done. And I know people don't really like to hear that. They, everybody wants it to, to be finished. But the reality is that once you've started an outsourcing project, you are going to have to uh, continually monitor it uh, to make sure that you're getting the results you want and that the communication uh, path is open um, for two reasons. One, because the vendor wants you to get the results you want and you need the results you want. And you have to make sure that 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 feedback goes both ways to make sure that that everybody gets the information they need uh, as uh, as much as they need it or as much as they need when they need it. So what we've done is we've made a list of the activities that we that take up our time or at least, you know, maybe the top five activities that take up our time. And we've made a list of things that we're not doing or not doing very much that uh, if we got them done, they would grow our business. And we've put these things in an activity matrix to figure out what we like doing, what we don't like doing, what we're good at, and what we're not good at. And then we prioritized just a few to start working on. And we looked through some ways that we can find uh, solutions to those problems um, or, or vendors to outsource those problems to. And I hope that can get you started outsourcing uh, some of these things so that you can spend your time growing your business and improving it uh, rather than going through activities that uh, are better suited to other professionals or that you just don't like doing. So I hope that helps. Uh, in the reading room this week, I want to recommend a, a book called Essentialism by Greg McCowan, and I will put that on the in the show notes, you'll have all the links and it, as well as in the reading room uh, on beyond50percent.com. And this book is about how to break down uh, and identify the things that really matter versus all of the things that are noise. And I thought it was an appropriate book for this particular uh, idea since we're trying to figure out exactly what the core is that we should be doing versus what other people should be doing. And so that is Essentialism by Greg McKeown. And it's the audiobook is actually read by the author. And uh, it's, it's really awesome. Uh, I really enjoyed reading it. Thank you for listening. The Up and to the Right podcast is released each week. So subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Please help us help more small businesses by leaving a positive review wherever you listen to the podcast. Like you, we're always working to have a more profound impact. So if you find something we could fix or make better, please email us at fix.it at b50p.com. That's b50p.com. For more helpful ways to improve the performance of your small business, please visit us at beyond50percent.com. Let's roll up our sleeves and get to work.